This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Let's make this older, dumpier, right? and whiter. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Any sports show or hosts can make predictions, but these guys keep a record of theirs. Gentlemen, we are keeping score. Believing in their prognosticating abilities so much. Listen now as Phil, Judd, and Dave write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. So remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. An hour later than usual, but we have an accountability session to get to, gentlemen, and some write-that-down predictions. Uh, And if you're new to the segment, we take listener predictions, too, and we keep track of our batting averages. It's all very innovative. It's not good for you so far this season. No. No, it's not. You haven't had anything come off the board in about three weeks. I'm suspicious. Like, did you just make a bunch of predictions? Are you just, are you like Ted Williams right now? Actually, he, he hit. On the last day of the season. Yeah. Are you like the guy who Am tried I, to preserve his batting average by just predicting things that aren't going to happen until 2025? If I was, I wouldn't tell you. Uh, well, nothing came off the board for you again this week. Second week in a row. Uh, let's go to, we'll get to David. The most things come off the board. Nothing came off the board for the listeners. I said go for baseball. We'll go to the super regional round. Yeah. Little double there. They had to get, it. they were definitely favored, but to get through a four team Bracket there and do it for that. the first time. Little, That's fair. Double. Yeah. Don't you think, Dave? Ah, mm-hmm. It's like a two and a half team bracket. I mean, Kinesis, really? Yeah, Kinesis is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, Dave predicted that Byron Buxton would start in center field in the All Star game. I mean, can you buzz him twice? It's not official yet, but I think we can buzz that one. It's going to be tough. Triple A All Star game? Nope, not even that one. No. Double? Uh, Dave said Capitals would win the Stanley Cup. In seven games. Got haughty. <laughs> Got too confident. Yeah, they quick work. Yeah. They make quick work. And then you you did redeem yourself by saying that intern Max, geography expert in eighth grade, will get no more than three out of six in the Game Show Friday sports geography game. Although you do have to admit Solid that, single. You do have to admit that Dave set intern Max up to fail in an enormous way. That's why it's a single. I mean it's by presenting it, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's definitely a hit. It's just you know, it was, I think the questions are very tough. I knew all six of them. I was wronged. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you were wrong. That's it. Oh no, you were wronged, yeah. Wronged? Yeah, I, no. no, you got screwed by no. Dave. No, take the E D off. You were, I'm rolling with Jet on you know, this. You proved to be an idiot, and that's fine. I <laughs> wouldn't say that about so intern impressive. Max. I think he's done a great job so far. So with those items coming off the board here on the season, and we're we're about halfway through the write that down season. Dave still leads, flirting with four hundred at three ninety seven, slugging six fifty five. Judd, you're holding strong at two eighty six, slugging six twenty five. A lot of bombs. 
the let's see, the listeners are out there at two seventy six, slugging over five hundred, and I'm still holding up the rear at two twenty, slugging just four twenty four on the. Write year. it down. You like writing things down. So that's how things stand right now. Three predictions each. We'll start with Judd. Uh, I will give you one that's going to come off the board by some point, at least in August, off the news of yesterday. And that is this. You can write this down. Terrell Owens will reconsider and take part in the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony, which is August 4th in Canton, Ohio. So after uh, coming out yesterday and releasing a statement that he was <laughs> that he was going to do something else during the enshrinement ceremony and not be in Canton, I think that Someone will talk enough sense into him to get him to reconsider and show up and be part of the festivities August 4th in Canton. Has he sent out a reason? Because he said at a later date he was going to... I don't think he did. No, that's why. I don't think he did. He's getting shredded by a lot of people. Oh, did yeah. you guys see what Chris Carter tweeted out yesterday? I heard this morning. Yeah, he's he's happy. He's that happy T.O. that T.O.'s not going to be there. Yeah, What's the deal with those two guys? Uh, Chris Carter, they, they've said that, uh, on the show this morning that uh, Chris Carter is upset at T.O. because T.O., not wrong about this... Uh, said a few years back before Carter finally got in that, that he had, or around the time that he got in, that he had bagged his way in. The Carter had, the Carter had, be, has, had be, bagged his way. That was so, on Mike and Mike. We have all the audio. We could get into it next segment. Okay. Yeah, it, it's interesting. But I think T.O., I think someone's going to say, T.O., this is a really bad idea. Yeah, Carter addressed it, too, on uh, today on the, uh, oh, nice. what, okay. what do we call it? First Things First. Is that the name of the show? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down? Yeah. Last Takes Last, whatever it is. No one watches <laughs> us. Um, well, Judd, you stole my first one. T.O. will attend the enshrinement ceremony. That's two weeks so, in a row. I'm yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, thank you for that. that. So I'll, uh, I'll adjust and start with this one. U.S. Open, I wouldn't recommend picking Tiger Woods in the 1500 ESPN Majors Challenge because he will miss the cut at Whoa. the U.S. Open. Wow. After, after that ball striking if last week. If you can't putt, you're not going to make the cut. At the U.S. Open. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Did, did this roll out the tongue naturally? Or were you that sitting on that for two hours? Lucky. <laughs> if you can't putt, you're going to miss the cut. It's kind of like Johnny Cochran breaking down golf. <laughs> he can't putt. Don't make the cut. <laughs> All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. Uh, U.S. Open next week. Write this down. Go for baseball prediction. Luke Heimlich is this controversial pitcher with the child molestation stuff hanging over his head. He went under. He's one of the best pitchers in the country. Dude went undrafted for the last two years. 50 rounds undrafted. But he is one of the better pitchers in the country. The Gophers, I think they face him tonight. Yes. So tonight, or this afternoon, I guess, the Gophers will score at least three runs off Luke Heimlich, who has an ERA below two the last two years. The Gophers will score at least three runs off Luke Heimlich. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's enough to get them a victory. If they win the first game, then, then it's definitely on this weekend. But that's my prediction. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Okay. Prediction number two, the Twins will trade Fernando Rodney before the end of this season. So probably around the uh, deadline. But I'm not going to give you a time. I'm just going to give you the prediction. The Minnesota Twins will trade their closer, Fernando Rodney, before the end of the season. You might actually, if he keeps pitching fairly well, you might actually be able to get something other than a used tire for him, right? Absolutely. You're not going to get a top prospect because he's 41 no, years but old. You'll but get if you something, said, and that's fine. In fact, if if you went to the Indians and said, I know it's in the division, so it's unlikely, and said, hey, we'll give you Fernando Rodney, he can be your setup guy, and we'll throw in another reliever or something. You want Zach Duke, get some lefties out? Yeah. Give us a... A B-level prospect or something. You could make that deal. Write this down. The Twins really don't trade with the Indians, though. When's the last time the Twins made a trade with the Indians? 
I don't know, but I don't know if that. I'm but I think you're right. I I think if if he continues to pitch the, the way he's going right now, and he, he's essentially on a one year contract, it makes sense to try and trade him. Mm-hmm. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. All right, back to Dave. It's amazing, Phil. You almost stole one of my predictions as well. I had a here. Luke Heimlich related <laughs> Gopher baseball prediction. <laughs> Not that they will score three or more. It was three runs, at least you said, in the game. How about Luke Heimlich will choke on his gum, and ironically, somebody will have to dislodge that gum from his windpipe using, using. the Heimlich maneuver. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm not going to predict okay, that. All right. I was simply going to predict the Gopher baseball team will jump on him for a multiple run first inning. Okay. They will score at least two today in the first inning off Luke Heimlich. And then it's on them at that point. So mm-hmm. you and I have both said they're going to get to Heimlich a little bit, but then it's on them. It might be Twins-Yankees-like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's hope not. We'll see what happens. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Write this down. The Cavaliers will lose game four tonight by at least double digits. Well, at least double digits would be a pretty wide range of, like, triple digits seems pretty unlikely. So they will lose the game. They will not be the man, they is what you're saying. They will lose the game by the 10 points The will not be the man tonight. They will be shut out. <laughs> they will lose the game between 10 and 99 points. <laughs> Our final score, 98 to nothing. We'll see One, you next season. 191 to 84. Dang it! Son of a gun! Nobody could score. Warriors win 9 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is my way of saying, if I'm LeBron at this point, you're not going to win four in a row. So just get on with the free agency stuff as soon as possible. Start to have those conversations. Yes. Cavs will lose by double digits at home, and they will get swept. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Okay, back to Judd. Final write that down for me for this week and a second consecutive Twins one. Dozier's going to be gone. Lance Lynn's going to be gone. Lomo's going to be gone. Fernando Rodney likely gone. But the Twins will retain Eduardo Escobar this offseason. That's all in the prediction, right? No, I'm just going to give you just one. Eduardo Escobar. Okay, you get... Whoa, no, wait a second. What? That's Come verbally on. binding. That, what was that? No, I'm what just... What was that? I'm, I'm telling you... That is verbally binding. Like no, the other no, four no. are just facts? No, the other four are what going to be... The other four was a setup for... You have all these guys on the roster that will be gone. The Twins are going to lose and not be sad about it, including Maurer, probably, lots of players. But they'll write that down. Is the Twins will retain Eduardo Escobar. The, the Twins will sign Eduardo Escobar this offseason. Boy, you got to be careful. Everything after write this down. the write that down is verbally binding. Here. I you was giving you some context to the fact that this is the one guy that they're going to bring back. So that goes from a home run to like a sharp single. Yeah, it's a single. Add, if you want to add no, the other four. No, no, I don't need to. I was trying to set my write that down up, but I will take the sharp single when Eduardo Escobar signs a contract. He'll sign a multi-year contract. I bet. Is it so? Is it but multi-year? But I'm not saying that. What are you I'm doing not saying right now? That? What Honest is that? What is this? What I'm is not this? saying that. I'm giving you a sharp single. <laughs> Write this down. I mean, what I, is this? I think he'll start on third base. Seven Next predictions. Oh, opening day, he'll start at third base. He'll probably homer too. But I'm not saying that for write this down. No. <laughs> Write this down. All right, back to Dave. <laughs> Can we cut Judd from this segment next week? <laughs> Why? Well, I was giving you, you... You keep stealing my predictions. The ones you make by well, yourself are absolute BS. I'm beginning to think, I'm beginning to think that we are not stealing your predictions, that you don't have predictions, and you're then claiming that we're stealing them to give you more time. I've had it written down on this very just, sheet of paper since Phil? 9.15 this morning. Uh-huh, sure. No, Dave, Dave is always very crisp with his predictions. Absolutely. But he just has the benefit of going after you, so... The- <laughs> I'll give my and final you're a vision, one. You write that down visionary. The Minnesota Twins <laughs> are currently four and a half games behind the first place 
Cleveland Indians in the AL Central. Mm -hmm. Before this season is over, the Twins will be in first place alone. Okay. At so just they don't have to finish first place, but just at some point during the season. Okay. All right. You could probably just buzz me now because I don't even believe it's going to happen. No, exactly. I was going to say just take it off. I would say that's at least a triple if that happens. Right. I mean they're. That's uh, the, the Indians are a better team. Okay, Write it we'll down. See. You like writing things down. We'll see. We'll All think right. about it. Write this down. We'll get to some listener predictions here. Uh, Twins prediction. Nick Gordon will be called up to the big league squad in the month of June. So before the calendar. So in the next three weeks. That's good. Nick Gordon That's good will be called up to the big league squad. Probably to play shortstop because Adrianza. It's funny because Adrianza, every time. We, we I think we talked about this maybe off the air yesterday. Every time, which is twice a week, you're like, I'm done with this guy. He's not fast. He homers. He hits a bomb or a double, and you're like, all right, whatever. We'll give him another day. But then he can't run the bases. He gets picked off. Yep. Uh, All right, listener predictions. And if if you have any, you can send them anytime during the week to Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com, and we'll we'll sort through them. We have three to put on the board this week. Dan C. We have two Dan C's. This is our guy, Dan Chavis, uh, who we hang out with at all of our remote events. He said, uh, Barrios will end the season with an ERA of less than 3.20 and finish top five in the Cy Young voting. Okay. Solid. JD predicts Falvey and Levine will break Twins tradition and make a big free agent signing worth over $150 million this offseason. Whoa. The only two players that will sign for that much money are Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Yeah, that's uh, so he's basically predicting, and, and Bryce Harper ain't coming here. So he's basically Machado. predicting that Manny Machado is going to be a twin. And then Twins Anonymous with a prediction that Charlie Coyle has played his last game as a member of the Minnesota Wild. That's a flare to left. Um. Okay, maybe. I mean, if I'm, I expect him to be traded, so. Okay. So you agree with Twins Anonymous? Right. I do it. I do. Let's play our first of two game shows here. We need uh, five callers for this one, right? Five callers? All right. 651-646-8255. We're playing Steal the Loot when we come back. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Twins tickets for this weekend on the line when we come back. And Chris Singleton at the bottom of the hour. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going, ASAP? You better be back. ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Metafast. Game Show Friday. This is Game Show Friday with Mackie and Judd. Here are your hosts, Phil Mackie. And Judd Zolgad! Quit yelling. Keep it down. Get her out of here. <laughs> is there a murder taking place? Come in the on. Here? This is um, supposed to be fun. <laughs> Alright, we got Riff. We have Ryan. Took a dark turn. Ryan, Mark, Dave, John, and Jason. As contestants, and it's possible, depending on how this goes, we might need more. So just have the number nearby, 651-646-8255, in case any of these guys start dropping off. Game Show Friday today is sponsored by Chris Lindahl Real Estate. 
a company that I worked with a year and a half ago to make tens of thousands more dollars on the sale of my condo. Very much worth it. ChrisLindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. We have two four-packs of tickets today. We're going to give one away right now to the winner of this upcoming game show. The Twins Angels, Sunday at 1.10 p.m. We also have a copy of MLB The Show 2018, Sherlock Gnomes Digital HD Download, starring slash voiced by Johnny Depp, Emily Blunt, and James McAvoy. What game will these gentlemen and potentially ladies be playing today, Dave? Gentlemen and potentially ladies, get ready for a very special Twin Cities Sports Misery Edition of Steal the Loot! Steal the Loot. All right, it's very simple here. We're going to bring Ryan in. Ryan, are you there? I am. All right. So here's how this works. We have five questions all related to Minnesota sports futility, playoff futility. And the goal is to get all five of these questions right. Now, if Ryan gets all five of them right, he wins. And he wins in walk-off fashion. But... The winner is whoever gets number five right. So it's possible that Ryan could do all the dirty work, get the first four right, and then get the fifth one wrong, and then Mark would come in and steal the loot with that fifth question. So the uh, the hard part here is on Ryan, who is caller number one. Are you ready for the first question? Uh, as ready as I'm going to be. All right. How many consecutive seasons have the Wild been knocked out in the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Is that three? Oh, we're off and to a good we're start. off to the races here. Yep. Question, no, question number two, including last year's wild card game. How many times have the Yankees knocked the Twins out of the postseason since 2003? Is that five? Incorrect. And now there's an open line. 651-646-8255. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Are you ready to uh, steal the loot? Hopefully. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it will. Oh, I'm, I read that wrong. <laughs> I thought, I'm sorry. You guys just jump in. What I are you guys you, doing? You jump in. Up. It was too late. You guys sat there for 30 seconds. <laughs> I was so what surprised. What are you doing? Right I was so surprised. I thought I... What is this? Your show, too? I, I thought... <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You cut I, him off right away. That was so <laughs> It's my fault. I'll own it. I'm oh, sorry. You cut him off, and I the thought you knew five. something. I'm sorry. I was, I was still looking at the first answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then you guys literally sat there oh, for like no, 30 seconds. I'm not taking the blame for this uh, one. I was... What should we do? I don't know. Yell at Phil. We oh. were trying to figure out what happened. We're like, did we hear what we just thought we heard? It's, <laughs> yes. it's one of those ones where the car is driving towards your neck, and you're like, I know. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. So I, we totally, if he calls back, we totally just, that's my fault. Oh. Well, let's just keep going, shall we? I'm so sorry. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I feel so terrible. All right. Oh, well, we're, we're going to have to recover. <laughs> we'll recover. God dang it. You know, <sighs> I feel awful. Hey, hey guys, if if I find this Ryan out there, maybe I'll, uh, if I win this, I'll give him the tickets to the game. Take him to the game? Give him one of the four. Yeah. 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 I'm an idiot. I find Ryan out there. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. I'd get him back if we could, but I don't think we can. All right, uh, question three. Go ahead. You read it. I... <laughs> which which four teams have beaten the Vikings in the Super Bowl? Oh, the Chiefs, Raiders. Oh, man. Um, Five the, seconds. Uh, Broncos um, and the Jets. Nope. 
We're gonna. By the way, you're gonna have to name four teams, and then we'll either buzz you or yeah, or not. You can. yeah. great job. Or I'll Phil. Just, that was or I'll actually, just buzz you no matter yeah, what. That was the incorrect <laughs> answer. So good job. We'll, on just that. Cut him, we'll just cut them off no matter what. Dave, hello, Davey. There. Good morning, gentlemen. All right, which four teams have beaten the Vikings in the Super Bowl? Steelers, Raiders, Chiefs. And now I'm drawing a blank. Three seconds. Let's go. Uh, Dolphins. There we go. All right. All right. Dave is in the seat here. Two questions left. And even if you get it right, it's possible (laughs) I may still buzz you and cut you off. (laughs) It's our rules. The North Stars lost to the Islanders in the 1981 Stanley Cup Final. Which team did they lose to in the 1991 Cup Final? Penguins. That is correct, right? Is it the Penguins? Penguins is the Penguins, yes. All right, this is for the loot. In Kevin Garnett's infamous 2004 Ready for War pregame rant before Game 7 against the Kings, which weapon was not among the many mentioned by KG? The I'll, I'll give I'll give them to you, and you tell me which one was not. An Uzi, a flamethrower, a good old M sixteen, and then of course missile launcher. Which one was not mentioned by Kevin? Flamethrower. Yeah, oh, you got correct. it. You he got did, it. You didn't say flamethrower. <laughs> oh no! He should have said flamethrower. I remember most of that one. All right. Hey, Dave. Congratulations. And Ryan, we're sorry. Hey, uh, appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Ryan. If you're still listening, I don't know how we could prove that it's you, but call back and we'll we'll give you a prize. I feel <laughs> terrible. I'm so sorry. I was looking at the first and you know how you're just like staring at something and you. I was, and I was like, "What do you do? You have a different answer than I." I was staring at the three from the first answer still, <laughs> oh. and so and I, my brain was hey. just on autopilot. It happens. Dang it! Autopilot went into a mountain. <laughs> well, autopilot doesn't always work. It's like those cars are supposed to dr- drive themselves every once in a while. Yeah. They hit somebody. You know, it's not good. We'll play another game show. We have more oh. twins tickets to give away, uh, or just we'll just screw more people over. Apparently, between now and one o'clock at some point, Chris Singleton joins the show when we come back. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Gatiana, on fifteen hundred ESPN. Phil Mackey. Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he doesn't take it seriously. Judd Zolgad. Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded about sports. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins now. With former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. All right, let's get him in here. At Singy Tweets, you can follow him. Listen to him on uh, ESPN radio broadcasts. See him on uh, various ESPN platforms. We're glad that this ESPN versus Yankees feud ended peacefully here a couple days ago. We were a little bit worried that you'd have to get in the middle there and uh, play peacemaker, Chris Singleton. Well, fellas, I'm still I'm still gonna uh, go in the studio and lay down a track, you know, about my beef <laughs> with uh, Randy Levine in, in New York. So look for it. I'll drop it. I'm gonna drop it probably around the All Star break. Okay. Yeah. I think you maybe uh, maybe get Can in there. Can you preview some, it for us? Some Aaron Boone rips in there too. Your former colleague. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get him in there. Put him on blast, as the kids would say. Blow him up in it too. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's uh, hey, it makes sense. I, I mean, I get it. Um, you know, a lot of 
a lot of times we're out there on Sunday nights and, you know, these teams, unless you're a team that rarely gets on and you're excited about the exposure, like in Arizona or someone like that who's getting a little more love um, over the last year, uh, you know, a lot of the teams, they complain about it. A lot of the broadcasters are like, oh, we got a late-night game tonight, get away. And I tell them, listen, I'd, I'd love to play this game at 5 o'clock. Uh, you know, everybody involved would love to do it earlier than 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so you got no argument there. And looking at the schedule, it, it's one of those things. You don't know who who makes those decisions, but it, it seemed, at least on the ESPN side, but maybe there was uh, a little bit of uh, oversight in terms of the grind of the schedule and what's really going down. I know it's a business, and I know that's all they're concerned about, um, but you also need to foster you know, good relationships. And so I, I don't I don't see the Yankees as being like, oh, they're being babies and you know, they're, they're – uh, throwing a tantrum by any means i think uh what they did was just and uh yeah i applaud espn for an mlb for making the adjustment except christian guys wouldn't have shut you out come on they they weren't really not gonna if if you went to see booney do you really think you'd be like chris i'd love to talk to you but i'm boycotting you for for the next you know five months i think guys would have said ah we tried we failed we'll talk to you well, you know, I put a thread out on Twitter, you know, a week ago. said, listen, if they boycott us, you know, I'm going to do something to them. You know, yeah, be scared. Uh, so, you know, I, if they boycotted us, I wasn't going to go in the clubhouse before the games. How about that? How yeah, do you guys like that? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. That's right. I won't really, loiter. That would really upset them. <laughs> I won't loiter awkwardly like the other re- reporters and writers. I'm not g- giving Judge any pointers from now on on, on the outfield yeah. play. Nothing. I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to give you guys your space. I'm not coming in there. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things you think you put, obviously all of those guys, I would say all 25 of those guys, um, were on board with like, we can't play, you know, this is, this is, this is not right for us to have to play this game this way. But as it goes, you remember, Hey, you, you, you help each other. Um, yeah, the Yankees are great for ESPN and great for, uh, you know, ratings in baseball, but you also have players that, you know what? ESPN is a great outlet for exposure for them and opportunity. So it's a little bit of a two-way street. Um, you know, in this situation, the Yankees you know, definitely have the upper hand there, but uh, you're not going to have, you know, a consensus across the board of people that want to shut down uh, the primary, you know, outlet in terms of exposure and reaching, you know, a, a, a vast group of uh of individuals with who they are and, and what they can do and, and, you know, even opportunities going beyond the field. Uh, Chris, we, we found some audio of Pedro Martinez talking about Jose Barrios, who just went, he pitched a, a nine inning complete game yesterday with 10 strikeouts and it only took two hours and 15 minutes. So I think there's a, that's, that's a pretty rare combination in today's game, but Pedro said Jose Barrios reminds him of himself a lot. And if anybody else had made the Pedro Martinez comparison to Barrios, I might have said, let's pump the brakes a little bit there. But since it was Pedro Martinez uh, observing some some of the same qualities that he saw in himself, what do you think of that comparison? Well, I think, I mean, obviously, Pedro, uh, he knows pitching. He's a Hall of Famer. He was, uh, he was a great competitor. He, he had nasty stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's high praise uh, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure Jose feels... Uh, uh, very flattered, very honored um, for it to come from the horse's mouth that this is, you know, who he sees. And that probably will add even some more motivation and drive to Jose to continue um, to improve his craft and become the best he can be and, and maybe be a Hall of Famer one day himself. 
yeah, I mean, that, it's uh, the one thing about Pedro, uh, the edge that he had. I I haven't watched Barrios enough uh, to see if to see the kind of edge. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen it in what I've seen that edge that Pedro had as a competitor out there. And maybe there are other similarities, but that may be the one thing that, that stands out the most for me, having competed against Pedro, um, noticing that, hey, along with great stuff, this guy was a, uh, he was a competitor, no question. Even on days when he didn't have his best stuff, those are the great ones when they don't have their best stuff and they dig in and they fight. Um, that's, that's what really impresses you um, as opposed to some guys that if they don't have their best stuff, um, they don't really want to pitch or try to go deep into the game, and they're looking over their shoulder to see, you know, when somebody's warming up in the bullpen. You sort of own Pedro Martinez. You know that you hit you hit two ninety with a five eighty one slugging percentage off Pedro in your career. Yeah, Yankees are part his daddy a little bit, and then Chris Singy's sweets <laughs> is his daddy a little bit. And I and I uh, and I remind him when I see him, I, I Pedro, who's your daddy? And uh, Yankees, nah, singy tweets. Singy, you- <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, he's a great guy, but uh, yeah, you know it's crazy. Um, you know how it is. I mean, the great ones, they kind of just they they think they have a break on guys like me that are just, <laughs> just average players. They're like, oh, okay, I can just kind of. But I would go up there and I would I would look opposite. I would go up there looking for changeup or slider. I wouldn't look for his fastball, and I I would react to his fastball, and and I did. I remember hitting a high fastball off the wall in the playoffs. Um, for double or triple, I don't remember what it was, um, but in the playoffs in '03 against him, but it was a crazy approach, and maybe that's why I was just you know an average player. But I was like, I'm going to look for the changeup, look for the breaking ball, forget about the fastball. If I'm looking to hit that, I got no chance at his nasty changeup. And uh, so I had some success, and he he remembers it, you know, because um, it's funny when we see each other. Uh, but he, you know, those guys are so. You know, guys like Pedro, they're special, not just because they were great talents and they're Hall of Famers, but they're so generous, you know, so very generous in acknowledging other people and making other people perhaps feel better than they were. So even, you know, to the point of, of Jose, I mean, that, you know, that generosity to, to compare himself to him or when he sees me and, you know, for him to say, man, I couldn't get that guy out, you know, to, to make me feel maybe a little special because he was great and I wasn't, you know. So it, it's pretty cool, I think, what he said. Who did you hate to face? Mike Mussina. Yeah. Yeah, he was nasty. I, I'm a, if I had a Hall of Fame vote, man, I'm voting for him, like, every year to get in because – I mean, he he owned me. Even later in his career, when he wasn't, he w- he didn't have the velocity he had when he was younger and in Baltimore when he's pitching for New York. But man, this guy, I was tied up with him, like just tied up. Um, it, it was a struggle, and I, for me, I was like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. I mean, and he, he's, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's one of the. If you're just if you're going to go off the the general premise of. At your position, are you one of a handful of greats for your era? And he's definitely in that conversation. Okay, since we're playing this game of going through Chris Singleton's career against pitchers, Tim Wakefield. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I would think that he's one of those dudes where, like, so, so two for 17 off Wakefield. I would uh. think he's one of those dudes where, okay, this guy's lobbing pitches in at 60 miles an hour. Like, we're going to tee off on him, and then all of a sudden you get up there and it's way different, right? Dude, I would swear every game that Wakefield was pitching I was like oh I'm today is gonna I'm I'm going big fly I'm gonna have three knocks today right and I you take the collar um 
I I couldn't figure out whether I was supposed to try to hit this thing out front, whether I was supposed to try to wait for it to get laid, whether I was trying to, you know, change my, my batting stance and kind of have more of a just a softball type of swing. Um, you know, honestly, two for 17, I'm, I'm surprised I even got the two. I don't even know how I got the two. Yeah. Uh, I was just that. He, he owned me as well. Let's just talk about more people that own me. Well, who else you got? Actually, you 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 well, had. Let's go uh, back to Pedro. I mean, that's not too bad. Hold actually. on, no, you had. It's it's like uh, Roger Clemens is a guy. Mr. Baseball Reference here. I'm going to make you feel good here. This is so. <laughs> you had. Uh, let's see. You batted 260 off Roger Clemens, which is probably better than most people. Um, Took him to the bridge in Baltimore as well, Camden Yards. Really, you hit 370 off off Roy Halladay for God's sakes. That you know when I when I took Clemens too, that was in that era, guys as well. So yeah, a little pat on my back right now too that you know I got him. I got him then. So at yeah, Camden, you, you know, said you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's not too hard to know. Yeah, that's not too right. hard to know. What what was that like back then? As far as as I'm sure you you had had an inkling or or flat out knew what was going on in the game. If you weren't that guy. What was that like to look around the clubhouses and see guys who, who were basically turning into cartoon characters as far as their physique? Yeah, you know, and I'll say I wasn't that guy. And it was one of those things where I just, I was always raised as a competitor, you know, having been a two-sport guy, football player, and just the, the different mentality in football. Um, and then just the, the way that I was wired, I always felt like, I could compete against you and I could beat you. That my will, that I, I'll, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to be, I don't care what it is, I'm going to beat you. And so that was the attitude that I had um, when other guys were, you know, doing stuff. And I, I mean, I, I saw stuff with my own eyes in the, in the clubhouse um, at times. And, you know, I remember it didn't really hit me till one day we were playing the Dodgers. There's a pitch from the Dodgers um, that had, you know, come in and later innings and, you know, we were losing by a run or two. There's a runner on third. It's the ninth inning. And um, I'm fouling off pitches straight back to the net. And, it, and when a hitter fouls his pitch off, like, straight back a fastball, he's, like, so close to driving it, like, a long way. And uh, you know it. As a hitter, you're on it. And um, But I'm just a, a, a tad bit late. You know, this guy's throwing gas. And I ended up flying out to left field, game over, we lose the game. And that's when I went in the clubhouse after the game that day, I was just like, I was kind of angry because I was like, you know, if this guy's not allegedly doing something, I walked this game off. I win a game for my team, and I also help myself in terms of arbitration. And, you know, all those things add up. And so that's when it started to get a little, uh, where I started to get a little angry about some of the things because up until that time, I was, I guess I was naive because I only thought position players would do it. And the only guys that I had actually seen anything, they were position players. So I was just totally oblivious to the fact that, yeah, pitchers are doing, you know, this as well. Yeah. Uh, Chris Single, this is, this is great stuff. I love, I love going back and reminiscing about some of these things. Just one, one last thing. The Major League Baseball draft was earlier this week and, and I think we love it as hardcore baseball fans. We love that MLB Network tries to make a production out of it, even though most casual fans haven't haven't really heard of the players. But um, like you got players who are in New York and they're up there and they're interviewing them. What was okay when you were drafted twice? Once out of high school, thirtieth round, and then and then uh, once you got into college for a few years, you became a second round pick. But that's like that's the early mid nineties. What was the draft experience like for you? 
in in both of those instances before all the fanfare when it was basically a conference call draft, right? Yeah, so it was exciting, you know, going down the stretch and having scouts and being contacted and doing, you know, workouts and the prediction of where you're going to get drafted. Hey, they're saying you're, you know, seven through ten round. Okay, cool, that's great. Top ten's awesome, and then you hear like, oh, you know, five to seven and. So the last thing I had heard was, hey, you you know, you might be a third to fifth round pick, and I end up going in the second round, um, you know, which was really cool. But back then, I mean, you know, I people barely had cell phones, um, barely had cell phones, and they were the big bulky ones um, if you were fortunate enough to have one. And so uh, that wasn't really much of an option um, in terms of communication. And, uh, you know, it was there were faxes available or there were, you know, regular phone calls were pretty easy. Um you know, Al Gore hadn't invented the internet yet, obviously, yeah. so we didn't, you know, didn't have that option, you know, to get an email or anything. So it was like six months later when I found out I was drafted. You know, I was already. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that long. But um, <laughs> a carrier pigeon school. comes in, and oh, there it is. Cool. Yeah, that was out out of high school. You know, that 30th round. It was kind of like, oh yeah, you got drafted 30th round. All right, what does that mean? Um, I was already on my way to to college to play football in Nevada. But it, it's just cool, man. It's surreal. It's uh, it's so surreal because. It's a dream realized, uh, at least that first phase of it. You know, you, you dream of being a Major League Baseball player one day, but the, the first step, um, you know, I guess like real tangible step of it is when you get drafted by a professional team. And so, man, I was so just, you know, kind of nervous that morning, got out, went for a bike ride, went to a park, just tried to clear my mind and clear my head because you don't know how long, you know, it's going to be until you find out, you know, if you indeed got drafted and, and where. There was no uh, immediate um, news to it. So, yeah, it was awesome when I got the call. I was really surprised because I didn't expect to go as high based on what I was being projected. But um, the coolest thing, I mean, going from high school to college, leaving home and going to play college sports and everything is a neat, you know, experience. But even a, a step beyond that was, okay, now I am, you know, I'm, I'm contracted, I'm being paid to play a game, and I have this opportunity to really – you know, fulfill the dream. That's that the memories that I, that were made during that time and in the minor leagues are just, um, you know, they're precious and, and they're priceless. Yeah. Great stuff, Chris. We'll talk next week. See man. You, Chris. Hey, let's, can we talk about Buster uh, next week in the yes. four pitcher thing? Yes. Let's yes, definitely do that. For sure. Yes. I really want to do that. Okay. Great. Great. Cool. Have a great weekend guys. All right, All right. man. Chris Singleton okay, from uh, ESPN radio and ESPN platform. <laughs> it was too fun talking about pitchers he faced. That was awesome. The steroid yeah. stuff is really intriguing now. Like all, uh, all the stuff that these guys saw that, that they weren't going to bring up at the time. And now it's really interesting to talk about that. I'm going to guess out. that Eric Gagne is the pitcher that oh, he was talking about. Oh, right? no, really? You suppose <laughs> the guy with goggles might have been the guy? Yeah. Yeah, Mackie and Judd, uh, we'll get some questions. Another game show that I'm going to hopefully not train wreck for everybody in the noon hour. TCL Broadcast Studio. Bill Mackey, Judd Zogad. Guys that can make a difference. Guys that can give you that spark. Guys that give you something just a little bit different. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. For Independence Day off to a running start with the red, white, and boom. TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K is, of course, happening July 4th. Come out to Boom Island Park. For the Twin City Summer Tradition, get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. If you're at the lake out of town, that's not a problem. You can still run the virtual Red, White, and Boom wherever you are at celebrating the day. For more details and to register, visit 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. A high fly deep to right field. Way back and gone. A three-run home run. 
I have some interesting Jose Barrio statistical information for you, Phil Mackey. Okay. If you split his season so far in uh, in early June here into three parts. The first four starts, Jose Barrios had, I think, one one rough outing, but he was spectacular. 1.63 ERA. And we all said, whoa, that's this is really good. Filthy. He came back, and in the second portion, four starts, it shot up to 8.84. And that's where we're like, yeah, we're going to have to pump the brakes a little bit, mm-hmm. to use your term. Because he had like two just brutal outings, but he, for four starts there, was struggling. The, the past, so the past five starts, which is the which is the final portion, he's two point six three, and been very good again. So it's interesting that he went one point six three, which is unbelievable. Eight point eight four, which is awful. Two point six three now, which is very good. Yeah, and you're gonna get you're gonna get some bad starts here and there. Even even Pedro Martinez in his prime, and that was the comparison that Pedro himself made. Barrios reminds me a lot of myself. You know, there were times where he'd give up some runs. I don't know if he ever had, during those Cy Young seasons, an eight ERA over a month. Right. Um, but, you know, Barrio shouldn't be expected to just all of a sudden be the best pitcher in baseball. Snap your fingers. You know, okay, take your lumps for a year and then be the best pitcher in baseball. But he's definitely headed toward that anchor of your rotation territory. You know, yesterday was pretty big game in terms of just trying to hang in, in a in a division where Cleveland's starting to find themselves offensively and they're starting pitching and they've, what if they won 7 of 10 or whatever it is, even yeah. having lost to the, you know, three games to the Twins. So, But this is this is another, if Barrios keeps pitching like this and the Twins just can't get it together in all the other ways, it just feels like such a what-if season. Wetmore and I spent some time on the Touch Mall podcast yesterday going through, you know, if I would have laid out before the year, you're going to get Barrios next level, Fernando Romero is going to burst down the scene early and he's going to give you a really good month and a half mm-hmm. and maybe even a full season. Gibson and Odorizzi are both going to pitch at a very high level. In fact, Gibson's going to have a career season and, and the strikeout rate is going to go through the roof for him. And also, offensively, Eddie Rosario and Eduardo Escobar are going to have career seasons and maybe maybe all-star first halves. I'd stop you and say, and Buxton and Snow? Where do I sign, right? Buxton and Snow are going to do what? Yeah, and those guys have both been so bad, especially Buxton, with the injuries and the lack of productivity. At least Snow has run into a few fastballs and hit a few balls over the fence. But if those guys had just, those guys didn't have to give you breakout all-star MVP performances, if they would have just been on the field and somewhat productive, and if, if Buxton would have given you Maybe a little bit more consistent six months, but and, the same numbers as last year, and they stay healthy, which they both have not. Yeah, like it, it's man, you're you're wasting a lot of good things here. And you no, know, fortunately, you're going to have Barrios going forward. You're going to have Rosario going forward. You're going to have Odorizzi for at least one more year. Uh, and Romero, you might not have Eduardo Escobar. He's a free agent. You might not have Kyle Gibson. He's got one more year left, and who knows what what happens with him? I'm guessing they bring him back, but it it does feel like. A what if season to this point for the Twins? Yeah, and if 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 one of those two guys had just done something, or or it comes back now, but the frustration is, and it's weird because because you you can look at at Buxton and Sano and say what the hell happened here, or you can take a step back and say yeah, but these guys are are developing Rosario, Romero, Barrios, Coyle. so. So the good the, so the good thing is though the good thing is that that you have enough guys developing where it's not a lost cause 
But I keep going back to what I've been saying, which is it. What does get altered is probably the timetable, because the timetable. If 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 Sano's playing a competent third base and hitting thirty home runs, and Buxton's playing a competent center, and let's just say he's hitting two sixty, mm-hmm. your timetable's pretty good there. But if those two are going to flame out and not do a thing, now your timetable gets backed up. And 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 the other problem now is you are going to have to go back to now relying on guys once again coming up and being successful as opposed to being here. I almost think the best thing that can happen is for the Indians to get really hot and for them to be up six, seven games on you as you go into July. Like, if I could choose, I'd rather have the Twins get scorching hot and go to the playoffs and win the division. But if that's not going to be a thing at the end of the year, you might as well you might as well get that separation here in June so that you can spend the month of July shopping Brian Dozier. Getting and, rid of the parts that are going to leave. Yeah. And then maybe even get some pieces that are pretty close to Major League ready yep. and, and build around what you have. And then you have payroll, too. What's Questions got for us here? What's quiz, Questions got the voice back today. It's very oh, nice. Voice back, yeah. yes, Jay. God, voice is mm. doing just fine. Questions has three very good <laughs> questions, including... Judd's laughing at questions right now. Look yeah, that's what Judd does. <laughs> we get that every time. You don't respect questions, even though a question dominates the, the noon hour most every day. Are you on Team T.O. or Team C.C.? We'll break it down. All right, cool. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy? Yeah, happy. On 1500 ESPN.